If you want to read with me from Mark's Gospel, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 22nd verse. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and beside him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Then skipping on down to verse 35, we see this. While he, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's hound certain, which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and saith unto her, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. The title of the message is Hornet is only believe. Only believe. Last week we said, we heard the pastor preach on don't stop believing. Today I want to talk to you about only believe. As we look at these scriptures, and this passage of scripture this morning, we see a lot of things that, that happened here today, or hap- that are happening today, that it was going on here with Jesus as he came forward to touch this little girl and raise her from the dead. Fear, fear, probably the devil's greatest weapon. Fear. It stops the work of faith. If fear enters into your life, if you allow fear to overtake you, then your faith is not going to work because you are afraid that God can't do what He said He would do. But my God is able. My God is able, and He will do exactly what He said He would do. He's not, he cannot lie. He is God. Amen? But fear stops the work of faith. It stops provision. I don't know where you're at today as far as your finances are concerned, but I'm telling you, God is able to provide. Trust Him. It'll stop healing. And it was about to stop healing right here. It was about to stop this little girl from being raised from the dead. But Jesus handled the situation in a wonderful way. Amen? It'll stop prosperity. It'll stop joy. It'll stop peace. You can't have joy and you can't have peace without faith. It stops all of the promises of God dead in their tracks. Only believe. Believe that God is. Believe that He can. Believe that He will. Believe that it is His desire to watch over you, to keep you, to take care of you, 
to be your father, to be the one that you can turn to in the time of trouble, in your time of need. He is there for each and every one of us. That's why the Bible tells us that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I want you this morning to know as we go into year 2021, you have power. If you know Jesus Christ in the pardon and forgiveness of sin, you have power. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that God gave it to you. And you have power to overcome the enemy. You have power to do what God has called you to do, no matter what it is, if God has called you to do it. And He has called you because he's, I, He said, I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. And I ordained you and I told you to go and to bring forth fruit that whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that He may do. So praise the name of the Lord. Don't tell me that you don't have any power. Don't tell me that God is not with you. Don't tell me that you cannot do it. If you are a Christian, if you belong to God, if you've been born again, praise the name of the Lord this morning, you can do whatever God tells you to do. My Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That doesn't mean that I can stop jump off of buildings. That doesn't mean that I can stand out there in front of a freight train and everything will be all right. But what it does mean is that by His grace and by His power... And the fact that He has chosen me, spiritually, I can do anything that God calls me to do. Because He has equipped me, He has equipped you, and that's what He called you for, is to go forth and do what you're supposed to do and as He has called you to do it. It doesn't make any difference. As we read these, this passage, it's very easy to see ourselves in them. Very easy to see us. Jairus comes to Jesus with a request. He has a request of Jesus. He asks him to come and touch his daughter, heal her, set her free. Jesus answers his request, the Bible says, by going with him. Whenever Whenever he made the move to go with him, What he was simply saying to Jairus and everybody around him, we'll go and I will heal your daughter. Amen? Amen? When they arrived at the scene, the naysayers are all waiting with the bad news. (laughs) How come it is, whenever we're trying to do the work of the Lord, that the naysayers show up? I believe it's because the enemy don't want you or me or anybody else doing the work of God and believing that you're able to do it. Not because it's you, not because of that. The fact is, it's because Jesus Christ lives in you. He is a hope of our glory. Christ in us, our hope of glory. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. When Jesus hears them, He tells Jairus, To not be afraid, only believe. You see, faith was about to be lifted because of those who would not believe. We've got to be careful who we loaf with. We've got to be careful who we walk with. We've got to be careful with who we talk to. We've got to be careful, uh, you know, because they will destroy our faith. They'll take our faith away from us. 
You can tell somebody, you know, that you're going to go and minister to somebody. Or you can tell somebody that so-and-so is sick. And the first thing they'll tell you is, yeah, my great-uncle had the same thing and he dropped over dead. You know, that's how they are. That's how the devil operates. He wants to steal our faith, as the pastor has said many times in his uh, uh, sermons. He wants to steal our faith. Do we not pray? Do you not pray? And get an answer. You feel peace. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you, you have peace in your heart. Yeah. You know that. But then, we allow the enemy to tell us that it's an impossible situation. It cannot happen as we ask, and fear strikes. And the moment that fear strikes is the moment that faith goes out the door. That's why we need to be careful who we hang around with, who we talk to, especially when we have problems, especially when we need an answer from God, because the naysayers are going to tell you that it's not going to happen. They're going to tell you that it's impossible. They're going to tell you that it can happen. But it can happen because God is able. Amen? And He wants to do it for us. We cannot allow the enemy to steal what the Lord has given us. God has set forth what is ours in this right here. It from start to finish, from Genesis to Revelation, God has set forth what is ours. It belongs to us. Can you understand that? A lot of people don't think we ought to talk that way, that you know, that it doesn't belong. It belongs to us. Not because of what we've done, not because we are so good, not because of this or that, but simply because Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary and when He said, it is finished, He had paid the price. Praise the name of the Lord. Everything in this book belongs to me. It belongs to you. If you've been born again in the Spirit of God, it is yours. It is is yours, but it's yours by faith. And if you're going to get it, if you're going to retain it, if you're going to keep it, then you're going to have to learn to walk in faith. You're going to have to learn to believe the Word of God. Jesus knew this. That's why as soon as they spoke these words, that's why He turned to Jairus and said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Believe that I have come with you. Believe that I am going to do what you asked me to do. We've got to believe when we pray that God hears our prayers. We've got to believe that He wants to answer those prayers and He will answer those prayers. Because He's made the promise and Jesus paid the price. Amen? His promises are true. As I've said before, He cannot lie. And whatever He says, He is faithful to fulfill it in our lives. One of the greatest stories in the Old Testament is the story of David and Goliath. The nation of Israel was about to fall into bondage simply because of the spirit of fear. We had the two armies, one on one side, one on the other. The one army had the big giant, nine and a half foot tall, big as, uh, I don't know what. And he came out. The Bible, let's just turn to the Bible here. 1 Samuel 17, verses 8 to 11. 1 Samuel, verses 8 to 11. 
And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, talking about the giant, and said unto them, Why are you come out to see your battle in array? Am not I Philistine, and ye servants of all? Choose you a man for you, and let him come out down to me. If he be able to fight with me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may get fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Fear had overtaken them. Fear stopped them from doing what God wanted them to do. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. 40 days he came out. 40 days he talked to the nation of the armies of Israel. 40 days he, he blasphemed the God of Israel. But no man was willing to move. No man was willing to do anything. They were, they were afraid. We see the verse, we see the doubters in verse 28. It says, and Eliab, his eldest brother, talking about David, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why comest thou down hither, and with whom hast thou left these few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? David, David goes on to say in verse 32, he says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Talking about the giant. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But we see right here the naysayers once again. Saul looks at David and says, you can't do it. It's impossible. He's been a war man all his life and you're just some young little Rudy, 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 whatever the word, however you pronounce the word. You're just, you know, probably 15, 16 years old, but he has come down. God sent a deliverer into their midst. They didn't realize it, and maybe David at the time didn't realize it, but when he got down there, he saw what was going on, and he was able to believe God and believe that they could be delivered from the hands of this enemy. And David just simply took charge. And David went and did exactly what God would have him to do. In verses 36 and 37, we're told, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, talking about himself. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Saul tried to arm him with his armor, but wouldn't fit him. You and I need to learn that we've got to put on the whole armor of God. Not anything that the world's got to offer, but simply what God's got to offer. And if we'll walk in that, God will be with us. God will 
provide. We can fight the enemy in any fight that he wants to take, that he wants to take on. We'll, we can talk. But fear stopped the nation of Israel here. They were afraid. They weren't moved. They wouldn't do anything that they said that uh, God wanted them to do. In verse, starting at verse 45, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spirit and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. He's just simply saying here that you come to me with all the power of the world. You've got all the power in your hand. You've got the big spear. You've got the big sword. You've got the big helmet. You've got everything's big. And that's the way it is right now in this world today. Men are looking for power. But let me tell you something. My Bible says that all power has been given to Jesus in heaven and in earth. What the man's got is not going to overtake what God has. And you need not to be afraid because God is with you. He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. He will walk with you wherever you've got to walk. He'll walk on the water if He has to. He'll go through the fire if He has to. It makes no difference because He loves you and He cares for you. You belong to Him. But David was just simply looking at him and says, you, you come with everything that the world has got, all the power that the world has got, you seem to have it with you. But I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. I don't even have a sword. I don't even have, you know, a spear. All I've got is a little sling and a few pebbles. But I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. We've got to realize that greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. We've got to realize that we have power. Jesus said, I give you power, or I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The devil is a defeated foe, but if we do not walk and operate in faith, then we're not going to defeat him in our everyday life. But God sent a deliverer. This day will I deliver thee into my hand. I'm going to take you, buddy. (laughs) I'm going to take you. You're going down. Oh, hallelujah. Can't Can't you just picture? Just picture it in your mind a little bit here. Here's a nine and a half foot giant looking down on a 15 or 16 or 17 year old boy that probably isn't four foot tall or five foot tall, maybe six foot at that age. Skinny. And he tells him, I'm going to take you, buddy. <laughs> You're finished. All this, all this defying armies of God, you're finished. I'm going to wipe you out. I have the power. I'm walking in the power that God has given me. Listen, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine hand head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spirit, for the battle is the Lord's. 
and He will give you into our hands. Praise the name of the Lord. We've got to recognize and realize that God is on our side. He sent a deliverer to us. Amen? His name is Jesus. We just finished here a week or so ago, ten days ago, celebrating the birth of that deliverer. And His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? His name is Jesus Christ. And He's able to handle any battle that we will let Him. How do we allow Christ to do our battles? How do we allow Christ to do our battles? By faith. Once we release our faith, then the battle is God's. It's Jesus when we release our faith. When we believe that God is able, when we believe God will do it, whenever we give it over to Him, then the battle is His and victory is yours. Oh, glory to God, you don't have to worry about the victory. It will come. Praise the name of the Lord. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the enemy to meet him. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a slang and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath thereof, and slew him and cut off his head therewith. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. When we stand up to the enemy, based upon the Word of God, give no place to him, then the devil has to flee. He don't have any choice. He has no choice. Can you believe that today? He has no choice. He has to go. He is a defeated foe. Jesus rose from the dead. And on resurrection day, He told His disciples, He said, As God sent me, I send you. Oh, hallelujah. We've been sent just as Jesus was sent. And we're able to do what Jesus did. I know that sounds crazy to us, but that's what Jesus... I didn't say those words. Jesus did. He said, greater works will you do because I go to my Father. I don't understand sometimes how these things can happen. I don't know how I could ever do a greater work than Jesus did. But it's not up to me sometimes to determine or to understand everything that God does. It's up to me to believe that He'll do it. It's up to me to believe that He will be true and faithful to His Word. And if He said it, it will happen. He will bring it to pass. And the devil and all of his cohorts won't be able to stop us. We've got to understand, you know, the only one-third of the angels was kicked out of heaven... That means that two-thirds of them still left, so we got two-to-one odds. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We're in pretty good shape, I think. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. But these doubters, we've got to... Jesus put them clear out. He, did, he didn't let them hang around. He put them clear out, and He only took the mom and the dad and the three uh, disciples with Him into the room where the little girl was. Jesus in his own hometown could do 
No mighty works except that He healed a few people. (laughs) Why? Because of their unbelief. Where unbelief is, faith does not work. And I sometimes think that's one of the problems of the church today. Some of the people sitting in the pews and therefore, you know, they don't believe we have altar calls. People come. Maybe they don't get healed or something. Why? Because people are doubting in the congregation. Why is he up there? He's been up there before. So he's been up there ten times. What difference does it make? Hallelujah. Don't give up. Mark preached it a couple years ago. I don't know how long. He said, quitting is no option. We've got to keep fighting. We've got to go after what is ours if we want to keep it. There's no reason why we can't keep it because God is true to His promises. How do we overcome the attacks of the enemy? How do we how do we win the victory? What is the best way to do that? Well, I think what the answer comes, if you want it, is in Second Chronicles, the twentieth chapter. We're all going to go through tribulation. Jesus said, These words I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Hello? Hello? What did that say? It said, In the world, these are in, these words are in red. That means Jesus spoke them. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We're in Jesus Christ. Before the devil can get to us, he's got to go through Jesus. Hallelujah. We've been delivered. Oh, how we have been delivered. We're not going to be delivered. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His beloved Son. We're in the kingdom now. It's not something that's going to happen when we get to heaven. It's not something that's going to happen tomorrow because things might get a little bit better. We are in the kingdom now. We are kingdom people. The pastor has preached about. Praise the name of the Lord. We've got to begin to believe this, people. We've got to begin to believe and know who we are. Not whose people say we are, or not what the devil tries to tell us we are. We've got to believe who we are. And we are children of the Most High God, if we are born again. Washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We are His children. He, he, he wants to give us fish. He doesn't want to give us serpents. True. Amen. True. Glory to God. He wants to give us a steak like I had yesterday or the day before. I had a call about noon and I'm, Don said, I'm cooking steaks. Would you like to have one? You and Mama T? I said, well, yeah, I'd like to have one. But I said, right now I'm fixing dinner for the family. He said, well, I'll fix it after a while or whenever. I said, well, that'll be nice. Just bring it to me about 5 o'clock. 
Well, about five o'clock, there was a big smiling bald-headed guy. Hallelujah. Two nice plates. You know, those white things. They give them to me. I sunk my teeth into that steak. I believe it might be the best I ever had. I don't think I know one thing. I've not tasted one any better. And then I've got two ladies in this in this church who just takes care of me. Alma and Faye, they just uh, uh, burn food all the time. Alma sends up three. She sends three because she likes Steve. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If Steve's there, he gets it. But if he, if he isn't, guess what? It's gone the time he comes. But praise the name of the Lord. God will provide. God will take care of it. We've just got to learn to trust Him. But how do we overcome the attacks of the enemy? Well, one of the ways to do it is to do what Jehoshaphat did. In Second Chronicles 25 through 12, we read, And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah. This was, he was surrounded by an army that there was no way that they could have victory. No way. Impossible. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? Rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heaven, heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil comes upon us as a sword's judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O Lord God, wilt thou not judge them for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes, Amen. but our eyes are upon you. Right. Glory to God. He came. He prayed. He reminded God of who he reminded God what he was doing in that prayer. He just simply prayed the word. He just simply prayed the covenant. What he prayed there was the covenant that they had. And so he simply was, was reminded him. And you know, the Bible tells us, God says, come, let us reason together. Remind me, God says. And that's exactly what Jehoshaphat was doing. And guess what happened? He got an answer. Hallelujah. We need to turn to the Lord. So many times whenever things are happening in our life, they're not good. They're bad. We do everything except go to the Lord. We go to everybody that we can find. People in the, even in the world, we go see them. 
and we talk to them, and we get the naysays. We get the naysays. What we need to do whenever we find ourselves in trouble, whenever we find ourselves lacking, whenever we find ourselves, you know, in the valley instead of on the mountain, we need immediately to run to Jesus. We need to set our eyes upon Him and then allow Him to tell us. And He'll do it. Tell us what we need to do in this situation to get it straightened out. To bring back the peace that we have. To bring back the joy that is ours. The joy that we have is, the joy that we have is, uh, is our strength. If we don't have any joy, we don't have any strength. We need to go directly to God and find out what He's got to say about the situation. And while we're doing that, we need to give praise. Because my Bible tells me in everything, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There are so many people wanting to know what the will of God is. The will of God is that you give thanks. No matter what's going on, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the devil is telling you, you just simply say, I thank you, Lord, that I'm your child. I thank you that I'm full of your joy. I thank you that I have the peace that passes all understanding. And I thank you, Lord, I am healed by the stripes that Jesus bore upon His back. I thank You that You sent Your Word and healed me. I thank You that You are the God who heals me. I thank You that You're the One who takes sickness out of the midst of me. I thank You. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how you feel. We don't live by feelings. We don't live by the five senses. We live by the sixth sense which makes people think we are don't have no sense. We live by faith. We walk by faith. And above all, we talk by faith. Too many times the words coming out of our mouth are not the words that God will have. My blessed wife, Catherine, that's something she used to stay on me about. I'd start something that she'd say, shut up. (laughs) I don't want to hear that. She was very strong on what you had to say and how it affected your life because she knew the power of words. She didn't let me get into no pity parties. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God answered. God answered Jehoshaphat. Listen to what it says in verse 15 through 17. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah. This is a prophet speaking, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. He just told them exactly where they're at. 
You remember the prophet that uh, was telling uh, uh, the nation of Israel what the king, what the bad king was saying in his in his own house. He said, "We've got a spy or somewhere." They said, "No, no, it's just the prophet of God." <laughs> I'm telling you, God is everywhere. If it takes that to take care of us. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. The salvation of the Lord is with you. The salvation of the Lord never leaves you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The salvation. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. In verses 20 and 21 it says, And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe His prophets or believe His word. So shall you prosper. And when He had consulted with the people, He appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. I believe that if I want them to go out to battle... I just might as well call this people up here, this praise and worship team. And I believe that as we march down the street, victory would be ours. Glory to God, hallelujah. God loves you. God cares for you. These stories that that are in the Old Testament, they're not just fairy tales. They're a shadow of things to come under the New Covenant. We need to we need to draw from them and allow them to be a part of our life. Oh, they're good stories to tell the kids, and it helps them get to know Jesus Christ. But they're not just fairy tales. They're stories to put us on the right track if we'll read them and study them and see what God's got to say. We have to remember that God is for us and not against us. No matter the circumstances, He is with us and He is for us. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 3.20 tells us now unto Him. Did you get how how that started? Huh? Did you catch it? Now. (laughs) Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not next year. Now. Today. Now unto Him. Who's Him? Jesus. That is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Exceeding. What does exceeding mean? It means superior to. Or more than. Abundantly. What does it mean? A great supply. More than enough. Sometimes we read these scriptures and we think, 
you know, we know all the meanings of the word and we don't really understand and know them. More than enough. Superior to. God is able to do things superior to anybody else. Now. We don't have to wait for it. Praise the name of the Lord this morning. Amen. And we'll close with this. We are told in 1 Samuel 2.10, The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall, the, shall He thunder upon them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's for you. I'm going to read that one more time. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall He thunder upon them. God is with you. God loves you. And God cares about you. Don't ever think that you are alone. Don't ever think that He has forsaken you. He is there. He is with you. Oh, praise the name of the Lord this morning. I pray that this exhortation of the Word of God today will help you through the year 2021. That you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is for you and not against you. No matter what your circumstances are. You're here this morning. I don't care what your circumstances are. Don't let unbelief keep you from receiving from God this morning. Don't be a naysayer. Accept what Jesus did for you at the cross of Calvary. 